one week until kickoff. There is a quarterback battle brewing in East Lansing. So who else are we going to talk to other than record-setting quarterback Brian Lewerke himself? Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Spartan friends, Spartan family, Locked On Spartans listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to Locked On Spartans, your team in green and white five days a week as we are now officially one week away until kickoff. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Enough from me, just some fan with a microphone and a webcam. Who, who wants to keep hearing from me over and over and over again? Let's hear from one of the great former Spartan quarterbacks here. It's Brian Lewerke, friend of the program, may I add. This is not your first rodeo here. Brian, thanks a lot for joining, man. And how are we feeling a week until our Spartans kick off again? Yeah, thanks for having me again, man. It's always always fun coming on, talking Michigan State football. Um, I'm feeling pretty good. <clears throat> this season's kind of giving me vibes. I've been talking to my friends, kind of vibes of the 2017 year where you kind of come off a down year. Um, you're not quite sure who the quarterback is or how he's going to perform. Um, and maybe, maybe we get some surprises. I don't know. We'll see. It certainly will be some surprises. And thank you for saying that you enjoy coming on this show. I actually paid him beforehand to, to see those comments. <laughs> so really do appreciate you, Brian. Um, I, you know, I am curious though. Let's just start there. The 2017 season, a lot of vibes, you know, coming off of a pretty down year. You don't go to a bowl game. Is the rebound year... And just the the mindset going into the offseason, is that more player-led? Is it more coach-led? Obviously, we're talking two different coaching staffs here, but is it was it player-led for 2017? Yeah, I mean, I, I think to an extent, um, the coaches definitely got on you. Um, you know, Coach Manning was working us, the uh, strength coach. He was working us, making sure we were doing everything right, you know, coming off a bad year. Um, it's kind of in the back of your mind, like, you don't want to do that again, and you're going to give everything you can to make sure that yeah. – you give a good season or give, give good effort to produce a good season. So um, there's definitely guys in the room. I'm, I'm sure that are um, telling people to step up and saying, we don't want a year like last year. And also to stick with the 2017 season coming up, I, just the best person to talk to, because there's a quarterback battle going into this year, of course, between Noah Kim, Kate and Hauser, also Sam Levitt's name keeps getting thrown out there. Is that the closest you were to a quarterback battle going into a season? Because Tyler Connor, Look, it, it didn't lead to a bowl game. Damian Terry was still with the program, but it seemed like that it was your job to lose. And that's just not me saying that. Like Mark D'Antonio actually said that in the offseason, yep. that it was your job to lose. <clears throat> Did it feel like a bona fide battle then for you? Or what? Like, just walk us through your shoes here. To be, that honest, you're wearing in that offseason. To be honest, it didn't really feel like a battle. I remember okay. um, after I got, or after this 20, 2016 season when I got hurt, uh, Coach D in the fall or in the winter had announced me this basically the starter, the guy, like you said, the guy to beat for the, ne for the next upcoming season. So I just had to prove him right that, you know, he had made a good choice. Um, so I didn't really have a true quarterback competition. I don't think. Um, but I know these guys, you know, are definitely going through something like that. Uh, I'm excited to see who comes out on top. Did you ever during your career feel like that maybe your grip on the starting role was slipping? I know it got wonky and like, what was the year that you were hurt? Like 2018 18. or 19? And yeah, like, did, did, did it ever feel like that you had a short leash and that you had to kind of play perfect? Or was that never really on your mind throughout your career? 
Uh, no, I definitely was. I mean, <clears throat> in 18, you know, having the injury, um, you know, not playing the getting as many wins, you know, especially having as good as a defense yeah. as we had and not being able to, you know, put points up and win games. Um, it, there's definitely a couple of times where it was like, yeah, you kind of got to fight back for your spot and make sure um, that you're the guy that's, you know, winning games, performing, scoring touchdowns, all that sort of thing. So, yeah, definitely 18 a little bit, maybe even a little bit in 19, probably most, mostly in, eight, in 2018, though, yeah. Do you feel like you could sympathize with guys like Noah Kim and Kate and Hauser then? Because I could only imagine, not just the fall camp, but the whole offseason, you, you almost have to be, maybe feel like you have to play perfect out there. Do, is there any parallels there, or is it just a completely different thing from like, all right, midseason, it's not going so well compared to preseason quarterback battle, who's going to win this job? No, yeah, I mean, it's true. I, I think it's more so a mindset with within both guys. Like, you, you obviously want to play well, um, but if you force yourself to be like, hey, I got to be perfect all the time, I got to be like the vocal guy every single time, I got to be doing all this stuff every single time, you're going to be miserable because <laughs> you're not going to be able yeah. to be perfect. You're not going to be able to, you know, be the guy that always steps up. It's, you know, sometimes it's tough to talk. Sometimes it's tough to play well. Um, so you just got to play as well as you can, um, perform as well as you can, lead the guys um, when the opportunity arises, um, and just be the guy that, you know, guys can lean on, guys can depend on. Because um, if you're worried about being perfect, there's no chance you are. So it's just going to get in the way. Yeah, and I think it was Mel Tucker and Jay Johnson both kind of lightly referenced it that it's not just what they're showing during scrimmages or practice when they're actually throwing the ball, but also, hey, how are you handling water breaks? How are you leading the team in the locker room? It's like, God, these kids don't get any reprieve here. They they don't get any minutes off in that practice facility. With that said, like, what would be your best piece of advice for either guy? Is it just simply don't try to be perfect, or is there something else that you would throw at these guys? No, I mean – being a being a quarterback in college and it's something I didn't like know back then either. I it's stuff I've learned from being a couple of years in the NFL and even just being in the real world. Um, like mm-hmm. even in college though, quarterback is like a full time job. Um, yeah. You got to be on your game. You got to be leading guys. Um, you got to be the one setting the example. Um, you don't always have to be playing well. I mean, you know, not everyone's going to play well all the time, but you got to be the guy that guy that people can depend on. Um, you know your place plays in and out. Um, you're the one watching film the most. You're, you know, you're around guys and trying to trying to bring them up with you. So that'd probably be my piece of advice. And when you watch MSU play against Central, whether it is Kim Hauser, I'm sure that both will get some run next week. I mean, we'll see if I'm right there. But when these guys are playing and you're watching on TV, what are you as a former quarterback going to be watching for first when these guys take the field? Oh, that's a good question. Uh Thank you. you. Know, I appreciate like, that. I've, been, I've been trying hard. I've been trying. Really I like that. Hard yeah. Uh, yeah. I think the you know the first thing I notice about quarterback is their throwing motion um, and how just okay. like how smooth they are when they're releasing the ball. And obviously, I've seen both guys already. That was one thing. Side note that I liked about Sam Levitt is his uh, his his release looks very smooth and it looks like it comes out of his hand effortlessly. But okay, um, you know, I I just want to see. Then being able to get out of the huddle, like no pre-snap penalties. Um, I know this is probably like I know Kim's seen a little bit of time, but this would be Caden Hauser's pretty much you know first time. Did he played all last year. He, he Very sparingly, I think it was like apparently. like four passes or something like that okay. against Akron. It was yeah. So not, not I think lot. just you know managing the offense, no pre-snap penalties, um, and being efficient, getting you know th- at least three yards every play, um, maybe taking the big play when it's there, but um, and obviously you know winning the game and bringing the ball down the field, scoring touchdowns. So, uh, yeah, that's that, that's all I'll be looking for is, you know, just those pre-snap stuff and, you know, execution. 
I'm glad he brought that up. Yeah, first things first is just beating Central Michigan. That that would be a delightful way to start the season. Um, yeah. Call me crazy. <laughs> uh, I guess I should ask you this off the top, though, because you guys have never intersected at your time at Michigan State. I think Noah Kim started the year after you. Yeah. Obviously, Caden Hauser and Sam Levitt did as well. How, how well do you know these guys, whether it be personally or just how they play the quarterback position at all? Is it not so much, or do you actually know these guys a little more than we'd all think? No, I actually don't. I mean, I follow okay. uh, I follow Noah and Caden on Twitter, and they gave me the follow back. But that's a, that's about the extent that I've talked with them. Um, sure, no more, no more than the, than the normal person. Um, but you know, obviously, Noah's Noah Kim's been in the system for a while, so he's the guy that is probably leading leading the guys the most. He he has the most experience, and um, you know, Caden Hauser. You know, I've heard stuff about his arm and how good it is, and yeah. seeing videos also. I I do like how he releases the ball. It's very smooth and. Um, very rhythmic. So, um, yeah. And Caden's also got great legs too. Same with Noah Kim. I mean, and talking with a guy that well, was nicknamed white lightning for his legs as well. Uh, we're going to talk more here in a hot second. I'm so sorry to do this to a guy that had so many starts at Michigan state, but I, I got to send him to the bench right now, Brian, this, this brings me no joy, yeah. but what does bring me joy is the game time app. This episode of locked on Spartans is brought to you by GameTime.co. Folks, if you see me walking towards Spartan Stadium next Friday and my face is in my phone, well, odds are I'm on the GameTime app buying my tickets. Now, why am I waiting that long? It's because GameTime has the best flash deals and last-minute ticket deals out there ever, guys. I mean, whether it just be sporting events, the theater, concerts, they have events that go way beyond just your favorite college football team. Find those last-minute deals. And also, this is what I really like about it, you get to see the all in pricing no hidden fees at the very end what you see up front is what you get and also you can get an image of your seats before you even hit that purchase button game time is simply the best it is the fastest growing ticketing app for the right reasons buy tickets in a matter of seconds it is just two taps and you are all set to go inside of spartan stadium this friday the tickets are sent directly to your phone so no you're not going to have to go digging through your email and it's really awkward when you have no service outside the stadium they Take care of you quickly. So snag tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for twenty dollars off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On College for twenty dollars off. That's all one word: Locked On College. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Also. Speaking of guarantees, you are guaranteed to be the best dressed at your tailgate inside a Spartan Stadium, at the sports bar, in your man cave, wherever you are rocking home field. Because when you go to homefieldapparel.com, you will realize how sharp you can be looking for your Saturdays this fall. And also for us Michigan State fans, go to homefieldapparel.com on Friday. They are dropping their bomber jacket. If you guys follow Home Field Apparel, you already know how slick and vintage these look. They are dropping their Michigan State one on Friday. So homefield.com to place your pre-order on that jacket. But don't, don't just do it and not smash in promo code LOS23. Because when you do that, LOS23 at checkout, you're going to get 15% off of your first order they do way more than jackets they do lawn sleeve shirts they do hoodies they do t-shirts and they do it all great go to homefieldapparel.com promo code los23 for 15 percent off of your first order and checking back into the game here it's the one the only brian lewerke he doesn't need any introduction whatsoever but there's there's just a, another one in general um Hey, I, I got a potentially stupid question here for you and this is something that i bring up time to time on this this year podcast 
Receiver chemistry. Is that something that's just overrated by us fans that just watch the games on their television or from their couch? Or is that important? Because look, last year, we could look at this from a few ways. Last year, Peyton Thorne, Jaden Reed. Hey, high school friends. They have great chemistry. They've known each other for a very long time. In the offseason, Noah Kim, he invites a few receivers down to his home in Virginia to throw the football around. Like, How, how much does that actually matter when you go into a season? Is that just overblown or is there something to actually have an established report like that? I think maybe not in the way you think, like it, it is important, um, but you, you're not going to be like, oh, this guy runs a route at 10 yards. This guy runs it at, you know, 12 when the route is supposed mm-hmm. to be at 12 yards. Like if you're not getting a 12, you're not on the field. So <clears throat> okay. in a different sense, I think it's more like you feel very comfortable knowing that he's going to win and knowing that he's going to like, you know, probably with Peyton and uh, Jaden last year or, or whenever, um, he's, he was comfortable throwing the ball to him, knowing like the 50, 50 ball, he's fine giving it to him, um, in like a critical situation. Um, he's fine going to that guy. So I think that's, that's where it can get, uh, where it becomes important is in those critical situations. He's a guy I know I can go to and trust, um, to get the job done. Who was who that for you at Michigan state? I, I have a guess, but I just want to see, I, I want to hear you um, say before I throw a name out. Probably Felton. Felton, okay. And then, right. and then when he was hurt, it was probably Daryl. Okay. Stewart. God, that's a, yeah. D Stu, of course. Yeah. 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 But yeah, so, Felton, Felton for sure. I, I, it is interesting going into this year. Obviously you lose Keon Coleman, you lose Jaden Reed. Now with the receivers they have right here, the only established guy, Trey Mosley, he's a guy that like kind of played in the slot. He was that third receiver, so to speak. How much of an issue do you think that's going to be for Michigan State early on, especially since they are also breaking in a new quarterback? Or you know, do you just go all the way down to the checkdown guy who could very well be Malik Carr or whoever the tight end is? Yeah, um, I, I, mean, I don't. I don't think it'd be a huge issue. I mean, you know, working some new guys in, um, seeing who that guy is. Um, obviously, I think it'll be Trey <clears throat> at least the beginning yeah. of the season until you know some other younger guys get some reps and um, get some playing time, but. Uh, I don't think it'll be a huge issue um, against Central. I mean, our, our guys should be winning um, at least the first couple of games, winning in coverage against you know Central and Richmond type guys. So, yeah, should be it should be uh, we we should be able to develop a little bit of rhythm in the first couple of games. No doubt. And just with the last week of fall camp coming up, back to your playing days, what were those? I, you can take it a few ways. Either emotions like what were those last days like? You know, knowing that hey, when you wake up on that Monday morning. It's game week. I, that's got to add some excitement. But from a player perspective, what was that like that, those last few days? Yeah, I mean, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, the first couple of days of camp are obviously fun because you're back playing football. And then you get to the middle of it and you're like, oh, gosh, when does the season start? <laughs> um, and then you get to that last week and it's like, finally, like we get a chance to, you know, um, run some scout team against, you know, run plays against their, their defense team you're playing, um, that sort of thing. And you're ready to, you know, play in Spartan stadium and hit some, uh, other, other, uh, colored people. How nerve wracking is that first game compared to like other big games on your schedule? Because yeah, obviously a few months off the, the emotions of that game day, is, is it hard to walk through it or is it kind of get, you know, more familiar as you go through your college career? Um, I, I think it becomes a little more familiar. Uh, you know, it, it is your first game and seven or eight months or whatever it is, but, um, once you step back on the field, you get through that first drive. It's like, all right, it's football again. Um, you're totally fine and just ready to ball. Because that was my next question. It's like, how quick into the game do you really settle in? It was just kind of one drive for you by the end of your career. 
Yeah, I think like after after the first drive, I'm I'm feeling pretty good, especially if you're able to move the ball and at least get into field goal range and score some points. Um, that's when you definitely start feeling good. Having a three and out on the first drive definitely sucks. <laughs> like you, you, great, don't, you don't really get the rhythm. You're like, yeah, you got an incomplete on first down. You run the ball on second down for like a yard and the other incomplete on third down. It's like, all right, you literally did nothing that drive. You got no rhythm, yeah. no movement. Um, so it, it definitely helps to be able to at least get one first down and then you're kind of moving and, and rolling. What are some of your best opening night memories? Because I think for the most part, you guys did open up at night. I think you had maybe one day game in your career. Yeah. But for opening night games, like what were some of your best memories that you've had? Um, 2015 against Oregon was, you know, it was my first college football oh. game. Um, I know that was, it was freaking awesome. Wow. Uh, actually, I, wasn't, I wasn't playing at the time, but um, my first, literally, I, or I, I guess it was my second game, but it was, it was the first time in Spartan Stadium. Um, it was incredible. It's always, it's always fun playing at night. Um, especially on the first game of the year, like the anticipation is building and all that. So it's a lot of fun. I, I remember that Utah State game as well, where it, it turned out that Utah State, actually a sick team that year. Like they were yeah, they, they were good. very good. <laughs> right. Jordan Love is on the other sideline as well. Like yeah. it's tied late in the game. I think it was Felton Davis uh, that caught either the game when he touched on or like a very important catch late in the drive. Yes. What, what, was there any – angst on the sideline was there any like oh sh like th this could actually go really south for us here or what do you guys kind of like have like a confidence about you like even in the trying times late in the game in the opener yeah no i mean i was pretty confident in that game okay. um after it was like wow that was that was a little tougher than we thought it would be but like during the game like i'm focused i'm not like all right we can't lose to these guys i mean obviously we can't but you're not really thinking out of the field like you're just trying to win the game um and then that was that was back when uh I remember after the game, they're like, oh, this quarterback for Utah State's pretty good. Like, no one knew who Jordan Love was. And obviously, he goes on to be a first-round pick or whatever. But sure, no one, no one knew he was at the time, and they almost freaking beat us, upset us. But. I, I remember that leaving that stadium, just looking for a beer on the way out, just to come down. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it was very, very stressful. But, yeah, again, I'm just, I'm just a fan sitting 40 rows up in Section 16, so a little different for you guys <laughs> on the field. Uh, I, I want to keep talking about – the glory days here, Brian. Uh, and you know what? I'm going to be a nice host here. I'll, I'll let this be a dealer's choice. Do you want to talk about the Red Box Bowl, or do you want to talk about the 2018 game at Penn State when you guys had about 47 hurt people back home in East Lansing? Which game do you yeah. want to talk about? I'd say I'd say the Penn State game. Wow. Okay. Shocker there. Okay. <laughs> that's that's good. Um, how did that happen? Because I look, the game opens, they show a graphic of like, hey, here's who's hurt for Michigan State, and it might as well have been the team picture, except you and Felton Davis and Brandon Sowards. So you guys were the only three healthy yeah. people out there. Like, that, look, I, I know that you go in every game with like a confidence, like you can believe you can win. But even that one, though, like, I, that had to have surprised even you, right? <laughs> I mean, honestly, not really. Like, I, I, I never really, I'm not trying to say Penn State's a bad team, but like, we never really, sure. like, got, I never really got, like, Nervous, like these guys are like really freaking good, um, okay. that sort of thing. Um, I always respected them, but I always always had that like quiet confidence that we could beat them. Um, and you're talking about injuries. I mean, I was that was the game I hurt my shoulder too in the like second quarter or something. Jesus. And then I, we had we had Cam Chambers playing receiver. He's got a cast on his arm, and it's just like like these are the guys that we got to put out because we literally have no one else to like go yeah. out. For. Um, but yeah, I mean that game was incredible. I remember we. The, like the last drive, I threw like an out to Felton that probably should have been picked off, and he caught his knees on the sideline. And then he throw like a seam ball to Larice Nelson over the middle for like 25 yards. It was like one of the best balls I've thrown in my career. 
And then yeah. obviously the touchdown was Felton at the end, but awesome, awesome game. Dude, I, I, I have a few memories from that game, and I was at a wedding for that one. Uh, during cocktail hour, I get a text from my cousin, why is Cam Chambers wearing a boxing glove right now? <laughs> and, and I didn't even check my phone for a half hour after that. I'm like, this is going to go south so quick if one of the guys running routes is playing with one hand out there. And then yeah. check my phone a half hour later, it's like, oh, my God, we're still, like, only down three points or something. <laughs> this I know. is amazing. I know. You got me thinking. I, I remember we had, we had a fake field goal to that game. Um, oh, yeah. I, I threw it to Raekwon Williams. <laughs> yeah. He had a tackle. I'm like, I'm like rolling out. I see him. I'm trying to throw like a back shoulder to him. Almost yeah. caught it. But I'm like, what are we doing out here? He did. So was that by design to, to throw to Raekwon? Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Well, wow. I don't know if it was supposed to go to him. I think it was supposed to go to someone else, but they got okay uh, jammed to the line or something. It was, it was a fake. And then – he, uh, I just saw him throw it down there and didn't end up working, but uh, we won. So, <laughs> it, it, and thank God you did. It, that turned into a very fun night at the wedding. I think I absolutely dried out the uh, the keg that was behind <laughs> the bar in, in celebration. But what what is the what is the flight back home like after that game? I mean, are you guys causing turbulence because you guys are rocking so hard there? Or like that's what's the rest of that night like for you guys? <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun. I I do remember my shoulder was throbbing after. Sure. Because um, I, I literally, like, I, I had a bruised whatever socket and then partially torn labrum in the back. Um, and then I, I honestly don't remember much about the plane ride back. Uh, I, I mean, I remember getting on the bus, like, saying hi to my family and all that, and then getting back and tearing, tearing the city down. But, uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a fun night and a uh, fun time. What was the best post-game celebration you guys had just in your whole career? Um. Utah State beating Jordan Love was, was <laughs> probably not. <laughs> ah, shoot. Okay. Um, maybe probably. I mean, probably the Michigan game in 2017. Even though, yeah, we didn't get back to East Lansing probably until like one o'clock, midnight, one o'clock, whatever. Because it was a night game. Um, <clears throat> after the Pinstripe Bowl was kind of fun because we were in, in like downtown New York City. Gotcha. Um, but yeah. And I know I kind of like brought it up as a somewhat joke with the Red Box Bowl. I'm going to tell this carefully. It like is that a game that you just look back on and laugh, or is that still like a hard one to look back on? No, I laugh on it now. But okay, that's like, healthy. That's definitely good. after I was like, how do we just only put up six points? Like we were in the red zone multiple times, couldn't score a touchdown. Um, and I think that I mean that game winning kick, I, I bobbled a snap too. And there's like plays that are like I'll think of the game every once in a while, or I'll see. I'll, I'll be scrolling through Twitter and I'll just be like uh, some guy tweet about the red box bowl and me throwing that interception <laughs> when I'm like stumbling on the thing. I'm like, Oh God, yeah. I, I didn't need to see that today. <laughs> no, that that's gotta be a day ruiner when, when that comes across the screen for you. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Well, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. One of my favorite things about the red box bowl is the other team just had a guy by the name of Justin Herbert on the team as well. It, he's doing okay in his career. Like it, do you have anyone that you played against where they're having like a pretty solid NFL career right now? And you're thinking like, I, I literally can't believe that they're doing great things in the league right now. It doesn't have to be Justin Herbert. Like he had a lot better games before that, but is there anyone that like you're surprised like, Holy, like how are they still in the league balling out right now? I don't know if I can think of anyone off the top of my head. Um, obviously like the, the obvious guys that I'm, I, I am not surprised are doing well in the league, <clears throat> him being one. Yeah. Or like Justin Field or something, um, but no, no one, can, no, no one really comes to mind. I'm like, wow, I can't believe this guy's still in the league. I don't know. Yeah, 
That's a tough question too, but yeah, I'm glad, you know, able to bring up the red box bowl without the immediate hang up because I'm typing that down in my notes. I'm like this, this could sever the relationship between me and Brian. This might be Brian's <laughs> last time on the show just for bringing this up, but that's good that, you know, five years have passed. It's, it's all good in the hood. That's, yeah. That's, yeah. That's, it's, that's it's in the past and I don't know. We, we had a chance to be Justin Herbert. Couldn't do it, but that's yeah. whatever. Plenty of other great moments, too, in your career, obviously. Like, when you do look back in your career, what is the, the one game that you do want to remember for as long as you live? Or not even want to remember, just like you know that you will remember for as, as long as you're still here. Um, The Michigan game in 2017, I think, is, like, <clears throat> definitely definitely number one. Um, yeah. I think, about, I mean, a lot of games from 2017, honestly. The Penn State game um, that year. And then after the year after as well, um, I saw some highlights about the Pinstripe Bowl, which I, I know it's not like the you know the biggest game in the world, but I was looking back at some highlights of that. I'm like, wow, that was actually a pretty fun game too. And I played it. was a good. I played better than I thought I had. Like looking back, and I'm like, oh, I made some made some good plays in that game. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's I always look back at some things. And it's like, oh, this, this is a lot of fun. Um, so yeah. And walking off your career with a win too, like that—that's got to hit a little exactly. different. So, exactly, right on. Well, before I let you go, I actually need some help from you right now because, unless I jinx the living daylights out of this, which is something I'm really good at on this show, unfortunately, talking to maybe QB one here. All right, tomorrow, Noah Kim. That's who we're going to start off next week with. Should everything run according to plan? What okay. question should I ask Noah Kim? Like, what what, what should I even ask him? Like, uh, as a quarterback to a quarterback, I'll relay the message. Uh, from from you here, just so I don't ask sound him. Like I'm... Ask him what his favorite play is that he's got. Okay. okay. Or or maybe his favorite route or something. All right. Um. Maybe the funniest teammate on the team. Okay, that's I, a good I, one too. I, there's always a good one. So I always like doing that. Felton, Felton Davis, and Daryl Sewer were easily my choice every time. Like they were them gotcha. together, like the funniest people in the world. Um, Love that. But. Maybe his goals for the season. I don't know if he's going to be ambitious or not or whatever, but, I mean, that's always a good one. So, Okay, there we go. Well, you are now a executive producer of Locked on Spartan, so thank Let's you go. very much. Not just a record-setting quarterback here, folks, not just a pinstripe bowl winner and just a creator of many great memories at his time in the green and white, but just a great producer, great all-around person as well. Brian, can't thank you enough, man. I really do appreciate you, so thanks a ton for your time. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me, man. For sure. And folks, we will be back in a hot second because, yeah, week zero is around the corner. It's time for five best bets. Best bets. Yeah, I said that right. All right. There we go. Hey, that's a really good start to best bets. Not even sure if I said it correctly. We'll be back with that here in a hot second. All right. Back in the mix here with five best bets. Now, hey, I get it. Our March Madness did not go well. I was properly clowned for what we were able to do and not in the right way last march madness season I, I think we went like three and 22 or something like that i want everyone to know i want to set the record straight last year for college football best bets we ended the season at 500 right on the nose of 500 so there's reason to actually maybe take these for what they are worth or fade me who cares no matter where you do it do it at fanduel.com america's number one sports book let's get into it week zero God, I cannot wait for this one. First best bet, we are going to take Navy plus 20 and a half. We got Notre Dame replacing their entire defensive line coming up this season. And look, I expect this one to be a little on the low scoring side. The over-under is 49 and a half. 
I'm not entirely confident in that as much as I am confident in Navy plus 20 and a half with Notre Dame breaking the new quarterback in, Sam Hartman. How long will that take to fully materialize? Who knows? So we're going to take the Service Academy plus 20 and a half over in Dublin. Best bet number two, Vanderbilt, minus 17 and a half. I remember watching that week zero game last year on the islands over in Hawaii, and that is their opponent again this year. That was one of the worst teams I've ever seen in my entire life. No offense to the Rainbow Warriors out there, but I, there, there's a lot of work to be done over in Hawaii, and Vanderbilt knows that this is one of the games on their schedule they can really turn up the gears and run up the score and also Vanderbilt returning more than 70% of their production from last year, including both the quarterbacks that played, including their top three receivers. I like them at home minus 17 and a half. So sorry, Hawaii. Uh, I'm so sorry to say that uh, UMass versus New Mexico state. How about that for a game with a lot of sex appeal on it, but Hey, it's week zero. We will watch literally anything this weekend. Uh, I'm going to go under 44 and a half for UMass versus New Mexico state. Now over on the West coast, San Diego state, they are minus two and a half favorites versus Ohio. That's actually going to be a pretty good game here. Ohio voted number one in their division in the Mac San Diego state got a first place vote over in the mountain West, but this game being over in the West Coast, I'm going to give the nod to the Aztecs, two and a half points. I don't think that's going to be too much for them to cover, so we are going to go San Diego State minus two and a half. And to take you home on a game that no one will be able to watch because it will be on Pac-12 Network, I'm going to go with the over 66 for USC for San Jose State. I think the Trojans are going to want to really show the nation that, oh, yeah, we are going to be more fueled than we were the prior season. They kicked off last year with 60-plus points in their first game last year. I could see this all happening again for USC. Also, San Jose State, I have confidence that they could put up 17 points. Hey, USC, can you put up 49 points for us? I think they can. So, to recap, it's going to be Navy plus 20 and a half, Vanderbilt minus 17 and a half, under 44 and a half in UMass, New Mexico State, San Diego State minus two and a half, and then over 66 for USC versus San Jose State. That is $5 to win $134.35 on FanDuel.com. Now, gang, go enjoy the rest of your weekend. One more week until kickoff in East Lansing. God, cannot wait. Let's go. Love you all. Go Green.